Hi everyone, Lauren Mosier here, back for PDRT, the sequel. Uh, thank you all so much for waiting for more episodes. Huge life changes occurred and I just needed some time to get my shit together and now here we are, back. I've got five episodes ready for you guys, Not a, let alone all the episodes I'm going to be recording over the next month, but five ready-to-go episodes. And sorry not sorry, you're only getting the taste of one today. And unfortunately, I have to give a little warning for this episode. So for this episode, this was recorded way back in March. Anybody remember that time happening? March 2021. And I tried using two different mics to record. And because I'm a novice and an amateur and have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, I accidentally did not record with my mic. Uh, it only picked up Keith's mic and not mine. So thank God I'm a loudspeaker by nature. So you can kind of hear me, but it might not be the best quality. So please don't judge um, if you really hate it, just wait a couple more episodes for it to sound better, because unfortunately I fucked up the next couple of episodes as well, so they will also sound weird. I'm apologizing in advance. And if you don't want to wait, go back and listen to the episodes that I've previously released that sound a lot better, and just wait for things to get better. I appreciate it. Uh, I think that's all the news that I have for you guys. Bad recording, new episodes coming out Fridays. Look forward to it. Please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're returning to the show or if you're a brand new listener, please make sure that you've hit that subscribe button. It really matters because, hey, guess what? I'm trying to start making money off of this podcast, if that is at all possible. And I could really use some advertisers and advertisers come to the podcast based on number of listeners, which helps if you have a higher amount of subscribers. So two plus two equals four in this scenario. And I'd really appreciate it if you all subscribe to the podcast and help a girl out. All right. I think that's everything. If I forgot anything, I will include it in the end of the episode. So please listen all the way through. It's a fun one. It's with the love of my life, Keith Martinez. I think you all will enjoy it. It's a great way to get back into classic PDRT and it makes me really happy and I am so happy to be here. So Thank you all for listening. Have a good time. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Please don't remake this. Oh my God, I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to some new art and after our heart to heart go make a new start please god please god don't ruin my childhood please don't remake this please don't remake this hi everyone welcome to please don't remake this the movie podcast where my guest of the week and I get nostalgic and talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. I'm Lauren Mosier, and today I have with me designer of Geek NYC. Follow him at Geek NYC on Instagram, and my very special boyfriend, Keith Martinez. Hello. Hey, hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. Yeah, of course. Hello, babe. 
for those of you uh, listening, I have a new mic. I have my own mic for the first time. Ooh. I've been doing this podcast for uh, five months now, and I finally got my own mic. Um, but now what's hilarious is I'm on a high chair, uh, speaking into my mic on a stand, <laughs> and Keith is about two feet below me on a, on a normal table. <laughs> recording and I can't even <laughs> see him. I can't from this see setup. you. I can't see you. <laughs> I have to keep looking around the corner to be able to say hi. <laughs> um, that's a nice visual for an audio podcast, but <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> what you will. Um, okay, everybody. So today we are going to be talking about the illusionist. The illusionist. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming. I'll be honest. I'm assuming most of you don't know this movie. And that is okay. I hope this educates you, and I hope you guys go watch the movie. Uh, this is Keith's suggestion, of course. This is technically his birthday episode. His birthday was March 20th, but we wanted to just spend time together instead of recording. Uh, <laughs> instead Sorry. <of> recording. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are getting to his birthday episode, and uh, I really hope I don't trash it like I did Jacob's birthday <laughs> episode. <laughs> so... Keith, tell me, uh, tell tell our listeners why why this movie. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies. It's uh, as a magician, it's like a movie you have to watch. Mm-hmm. This is just like um, there's so much history behind it. Um, it's also based on a book by Steve Milhauser called the um, Barnum Museum. It's the last chapter of that book. Oh. It's called Eisenheim the the Illusionist, mm-hmm. and so like I think every magician has to read that chapter or the entire book. It's a really good book, and I think you like it too. But um. I just grew up watching it, and, um, yeah, it's very inspirational to me, and just, like, to fall in that fantasy of just, like, performing on stage, just, like, actually seeing the magic come to life. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really fun for me. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention, Keith is a magician. He will be doing a magic video for the Instagram account for the podcast, so please follow at Please Don't Remake This so you can watch that video. Hey. Um, that's really sweet. I, like, I'm surprised to hear, like, how many that, like, all magicians should watch this. Because I feel like this movie has a little bit of magic, but I feel like it's also a lot of genres, <laughs> which we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it because I have some spicy hot takes. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, no. Um, so, yeah, I did not grow up watching this movie. Um, I did love magic as a kid. I... You know the show. Um, remember that show that like that like magician used to reveal like all the secrets behind the tricks. Yeah, every 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 magician hated that fucking show. Yeah, see, I watched that show every night. I, I me and my dad used to show. watch it too, and my dad was just like, "Oh, Chris Angel and David Blaine would be super mad right now." So it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I loved that show. I watched it every night. I would secretly watch it until my parents would catch <laughs> me, and then I would have to go to bed because it was always on at night at like ten o'clock in the ten o'clock at night, and I was supposed to be in bed. Just so you know, that half of those secrets are just watered-down secrets. Oh, like they're more complicated than that? They're way more complicated than that. They just, like, you just, like, got the baby uh, tutorial on how to do certain tricks. Well, that's kind of cool. Okay, so they don't reveal everything. Not everything, yeah. They're just, like, trying to make it seem like, hey, you don't like magicians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really, and you know, maybe that's part of the reason why I liked it, was I liked how, like, controversial the show was like i could feel that energy in the making of the show i mean the fact that he wore that ridiculous mask do we know do we know who that was they reveal it i think it was the third 
second or third season, but it was two different guys, so it was two different people, so. Okay. But his his mask does come off at some point. Interesting. Okay. He probably, people probably figured out that it was him, and he was just like, I'll just take off the mask. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Um, but yeah, did not grow up with this movie, but I grew up with that, and I tried doing magic tricks when I was in middle school, and my classmates made fun of me, and I never did it again. I didn't Um, know that. Yeah. I think I told you that. Uh, I I tried doing, for those of you who know the trick with the black string that you can attach to make, like, a card look like it's floating in the air, and you're like... Oh, that, that, the float effects, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I I did that. I was obsessed with, because I saw it, I got the kit at Universal Studios in Florida. Of (laughs) course. Every theme park has it. Yep, I I got that kit, and I did it (laughs) in my drama class, and everybody made fun of me because they could see it, and I was mortified and cried, and I never did it again. I did, oh, trust me, I, I when I first got it, I did the same thing. Like, But after a while, you, you're supposed to actually peel off one strand of string to actually get it to float. That's what I did. Well, I tried to do, but they uh, said that they could still see it no matter uh, what. It wasn't dark enough in the room, I think. It yeah, it has to be, it has to be, be in like a dark room. Yeah, yeah, bastards. And we couldn't do it. And they were all just fucking assholes, man. <laughs> just try to believe. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of my magic career. But that's fine. <laughs> Uh, 2006. Uh, picture it. Um, I was too young. Uh, <laughs> I was 10, for context. Um, PG-13, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really need to be. Um, there's an unnecessary sex scene in this movie <laughs> that could have made it... Like soft porn, almost. Literally, like, almost. not even. Like, they barely show sure. it. It's a really pathetic sex yeah, scene. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> which I'll talk about later, but, um... It's pretty bad. So it could have been a PG uh, movie, which would have expanded its audience, even though I think little kids would have hated this movie. <laughs> Very much. It would have fell asleep. It can get pretty boring at times. Um, it was directed by Neil Berger and uh, written by him as well, and then based on the uh, short story that um, Keith mentioned by Stephen Milhauser, uh, Eisenheim, the illusionist. Mm. And then the cast is Edward Norton, Jessica Biel, Paul Giamatti, Rufus Sewell, and Eddie Marson as the stage manager, as the theater manager. And also shout out to Philip Glass, who does the music for the movie, which Shout I, out to Philip Glass, man. It, it just confuses me why he did this movie. <laughs> That's one of my notes. Is I'm like, <laughs> why did he do this movie? Like, I feel like... I've never heard of it before. I never hear anybody talk about it. How did Philip Glass get assigned to this? Like, how did he, like, agree to do this movie? I feel like he does much bigger projects. Maybe he read the book. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he. Maybe he's a magic fan. But he did really good work, though. He did amazing work. He almost rescues this movie. Pretty much. A few times to, by, like, giving it a little bit of pizzazz when it needs it. When it, like, desperately needs an 100%. IV of coffee. 100%. Yeah. Um, let's just go ahead and move into the superlatives. So, we have Best Dynamic Duo, Mm -hmm. which I have a joke nomination, and then the realistic one. So, the joke is Paul Giamatti's character and the orange tree trick. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I love how obsessed he is with it, and the joy he feels when Mm -hmm. he's, like, inspecting the bowl and, like, trying to figure it out, and then when he finally gets the book is incredible and just really adorable, and I love it. Uh, and then the actual nomination is Eisenheim and Sophie, of course, because the whole movie is about them. Without their relationship, we wouldn't. The movie wouldn't exist. Okay. Um, do you have any nominations? I I went with um, Joseph. Um, J- um, Joseph, his manager, and Eisenheim. They're like. Uh, oh, they're. Like I just the love their relationship. Yeah, I just love their relationship. Yeah, they are. They are kind of cute together. That's true. Okay, I totally. I see that. I feel like they're like. 
first runner-up, maybe? Yeah, no, definitely. But the, but then Eisenheim and Sophie, like, for sure. Yeah. Okay, yay. Uh, moving on to Class Clown. I only wrote one option, because this movie doesn't Maybe the have same. enough laughs. But um, The Inspector, Paul Giamatti. Oh, really? Yeah. Who did you write? The stage manager? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, 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 figured, <laughs> I figured you were going to. I figured you were going to give it to him. But I love... Paul Giamatti in literally everything is the best. You know? Like, he's... I remember him very well in Big Fat Lie, which was one of my favorite yes, movies. Which we are going to do an episode on at some we point. Have because to. that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I watched it so many times. And when I got to see the scene in Big Fat Liar when the uh, water rushes. Oh, down yeah, the street, you told me about that. Yeah, I got to see that in person at Universal Studios in uh, Hollywood. And I died because I literally screamed. I was like, this is the Big Fat Liar scene. <laughs> and nobody knew what I was talking about. And I was really sad because I love that part. But it's so good, right? Like It definitely is, though. Yeah. It's, it's a amazing. great movie. It's amazing. So, um, yeah. Um, Big Fat Liar, man. We're going to do an episode on it. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be I fun think, watching it. I have to do like, a whole series on Frankie Muniz, because I feel like he's Ooh. just like the definition of like child stars from our generation. I wonder what he's doing now. I want to say he's like a producer now. Really? I think he produces work, yeah. Holy shit, you go, Frankie. Good I think fun. he's still in Hollywood. Or he does something. I know he's still based in L.A. Okay. I'm 99 percent. I'm 95 percent. 99 to 95. Um, reach out to us at please don't remake this. Let us know what you're doing. Um, okay, let's move into the literal worst. This one is super easy mm-hmm. because there's literally only like one bad guy in this movie, and he's the literal worst. I literally wrote he might be the ultimate literal worst out of every movie I've done so far with the literal worst. Um, Rufus Sewell's uh, Crown Prince character. Yep. Like. We don't even, I think we're not even introduced to him yet before we find out that he threw one of his former girlfriends, like, out a window mm-hmm. after beating her up to try to disguise the fact that he, like, hurt her. And, like, that's it. That's all I need well, to know about him. He oh, was... and the deers. Wait, no. We, before we even learn that story, when you see the hallway of deer heads and all of the animals he's killed, I literally wrote in all caps, <laughs> wait, in all caps, I wrote, Fuck this guy! How many deer did you kill, monster? I just assumed he was the worst when Eisenheim was, like, after 15 years later, he was, like, doing his first trick on stage, mm-hmm. and he... Wait, was he in in the crowd then? It was the second performance. It was the second time. Paul Giamatti goes to the first one. Yes, you're right, you're right. My bad. Oof. But yeah, when he, like, sacrifices Sophie to go on stage for a trick, oh, I was yeah. like, oh, he's definitely a fucking prick. Which is also just, like, yeah, it's just weird. Like, he's just, like, an awful, yeah. Yeah. He's an awful thing. Yeah. He's just... I'm gonna use your word. He's a cunt. Oh, shit. <laughs> in this movie, in this movie, but in other movies, like, like the holiday, he's like, oh, yeah. He's well, cool. he's also a bad guy in the holiday, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> No, this cool. poor guy plays a bad guy in, like, literally everything, and I love that he said that was my word. <laughs> do I use it that much? You really do. You really do. I think I listen... I watch a lot of British things, mm. and I blame it on that because that's very true. To, that's very a part of British culture. Uh, shout out to my British fans, <laughs> whichever ones of you are out there. <laughs> um, okay, uh, yeah, Crown Prince, congratulations. Now we move on to most likely to succeed, which this one is kind of hard because I feel like it, because it's such a small cast, all of them have their own successes in their own rights. Mm-hmm. I tried to narrow it down as best as I could. Um, honorable mention I write is Jessica Biel because when she did The Center. And all of a sudden, everybody mm-hmm. realized what a good actress she is, and mm-hmm. that she's like way more talented than we give her credit for, and mm-hmm. all the roles that Hollywood has given her. 
she like catapulted, you know, and so I'm really proud of her because she was amazing on the center and she deserves like all of the attention. Like she was incredible. Um, but I think in actuality, it's a tie between Edward Norton and Paul Giamatti. I want to, my personal bias is Paul Giamatti because he's my favorite. I love him. He did the My Favorite Murder <laughs> audiobook and I love him. Oh, he did? Uh, yeah. They, they jokingly said, like, they wanted him to be uh, uh, in the book, like, reading a chapter. I think people suggested him, and they, like, joked about it. And he got in touch with them, I think emailed them, Get and was the like, fuck yeah, out I'm interested. I'll read a chapter. So he read one of the chapters in the audiobook. That's so fun. We got to listen to that. That's oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. So he is my favorite, because I love that he did that. And then also he's just, he's an actor. I wrote that as one of my notes um, on one of my pages. Like, he can do literally anything. He technically can. Yeah. He he did this movie. I was very surprised when he like pulled off the accent, the suits, and everything, like in the makeup. It's like, yo, he killed the shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can literally do it all. So, I love him. Um, what about you, hun? Like, who um, do you think? I had like almost the same five cat um actors. Um, definitely um Edward Norton because like he did a lot of movies like Hulk, Fight Club, um Italian Job, like mostly movies like I I remember really, yeah. but um. Yeah, Edward Norton. I mean, I feel like what was the last when was the last time I saw Edward Norton in a movie recently though? Okay. Right? Like, <laughs> that's the only reason I like didn't want to give it to him is because I can't remember the last thing I saw him in that okay. wasn't from like twenty years ago. No offense to Edward Norton. No, true. Okay. I don't know. It's it's complicated. Norton, it, I, I feel like they were most of these actors well, maybe um it it was up uh, Eddie Mason? Uh, Eddie Marson. Marson, excuse me. He, and he's, like, one of those dudes who's like, hey, that guy. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Yeah, he, he, he technically is, because he, he was in, like, a couple of, like, uh, Marvel movies, like Deadpool yeah. 2, or, or just, like, Deadpool, and, like, other movies, too. Even but. Rufus Sewell, like, isn't a lot of stuff. Like, he also, yeah. like, he had his own Amazon series, and now he just kind of pops up and thinks he's going to be in the new, uh, horror movie this summer. Which um, one? Um, uh... The, the the guy who created the sixth sense. Oh um oh uh the, that old movie shit um shit. Oh is it isn't it called old? Yeah. Is it called? Old? It's something with old like don't don't get too old. I don't know. No, it's only it's a one word title. Oh, I'm, so it's probably I'm old. Say it's old. Yeah, M Night M Night Shyamalan or something like that. Shyamalan, yeah, 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 there you yeah. Go. So M Night Shyamalan, yeah, he's in that movie as one of the lead actors. I actually want to so, see that movie. He's still working, like, pretty consistently, too. Also, I wanted to shout out... This is in my... I have some notes, too. But I wanted to shout out, for those of you who are Marvelous Mrs. Maisel fans, one of the best episodes of the series is the one that Rufus Sewell is in as the artist that they go to see trying to buy a painting oh, from him. Oh, how did I forget that? Yeah, no, he... That, wow. His performance in that episode deserves, like, yeah. an Emmy. He's so good in it. His speech about his life's work, like, mm-hmm. this is the best thing I'll ever make. I actually, like, felt felt him in that it makes me cry every time like he nails that scene yeah the like it's so real it's so dropped in he's awesome um and also i'm a huge fan of the holiday so i've been a big fan of it for many many years now and i'm just i feel bad that he always plays a bad guy because this poor dude is probably like hopefully so nice in real life um but any of you who love marvelous mrs Maisel, remember to check out that season two episode because he's amazing um, okay, let's move on to most iconic. Do you want to read off your list first, hon, or do you want me to? Um, I want you to read off yours first, just okay. to see, piggyback. Uh, mine is, I probably have some things that you already have down, so obviously, uh, the name, Eisenheim, mm. which you love every time. Eisenheim. <laughs> every time the manager says it in the, sh- in the movie, you are so happy. And Always. It's so, cute. <laughs> it's so cute. 
want to like just like have a natural smile on your face, watch this movie with Keith because he's such a little kid <laughs> and it's so cute. He's just like I smile. <laughs> he's so happy. Um, but yeah, his name is just like great. You know, like it sounds like a magician's name from the time period and everything. Whatever time period this is, because I can't tell. <laughs> um, the orange tree trick. Yes. Is that's incredible. the only thing that I have for that so, for that top. That's the only <laughs> the thing. Iconic, that's yes, it? that's the only thing. The movie, the movie's iconic, but just that alone sells it for me. Yeah, it's a great trick. It's it amazing. is. Um, I also wrote the color scheme of the movie. This kind of sepia-toned, old photograph-esque look yeah. to it is really cool and like a very two thousands thing. I feel like like these movies trying to be like, look, we look old timey. <laughs> <laughs> We're vintage. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Like, this will look old in, like, 50 years, right? <laughs> um, um, what else? The necklace, which Keith gave me, like, a replica version of it. Uh, like, I have pictures in it. This is very cute. We'll, we'll take lots of pictures. Oh, yeah, 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 for it. sure. His daughter likes playing with it. And she, it, what's funny is, like, I showed her how it opens, you know, and I showed her, like, the our two pictures, but she just wanted to see it as, like, the shape of a heart. Yeah. She's like, show me how to turn it into a heart again. <laughs> she just likes magic. And, and now she wants her own. She was like, I want one, too, so we can match. <laughs> so... <laughs> The necklace, of course, is iconic and central to the theme of the movie. Um, Paul Giamatti, <laughs> again, I'm just going to talk about him this whole episode because he's my favorite. Um, uh, uh, one of the most iconic forced sex scenes ever. <laughs> just like they really push that in there. Literally one of my quotes in my notes I wrote, um, obligatory sex scene to establish passion because... <laughs> They literally, they established their, like, childhood relationship in, like, a three, four-minute sequence with almost no dialogue. Just Ver- like them yeah. looking longingly at each other, like, oh, puppy love. And then, all of a sudden, it jumps on them being adults, and they still, like, are in love. And it's just, like, I don't know why you guys like each other. Um, Sophie's literally a manic pixie dream girl. And... There's so much to say about that. There's but so that's, much to say about that. The spicy them. hot takes will come soon. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. We'll dive into it a little bit. But this is, like, one of the most iconic, horrible sex scenes, <laughs> if you can call it that. And then I love, love, for me, most iconic, my favorite, the part that I look forward to every time we watch this is, uh, is Edward Norton running into the water when they find Jessica Biel's body. Really? Why? I just find it so romantic to see oh. him in, like, such agony, even though it's fake. <laughs> to see him in such, to see him in such agony running after his love, trying to rescue her and finding her dead body. He, he played that part really well. Hey. <laughs> 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 I just think it's so cute. And I'm just like, aw, he's so sad. <laughs> no, I kind of like it, too, because, like, they were, like, both into it together, so it's just like, yeah. <gasps> please, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early week, Keith and I both like tragedy porn. <laughs> Mine's is just the orange tree trick. Um, yeah. Um, for for most magicians who know this, it's an actual trick, uh, invented by Robert Houdin, which um, Harry Houdini's name was is inspired by his name. Um, it came out, I believe, in the eighteen thirties, and it was designed and made by Robert Houdin. Um, it's just it's it's a work of it's literally magic how it works. Um, so yeah, when um. Paul Giamatti. Wait, do you want to? Ex- you're not gonna explain the trick, are you? No, of course not. Okay, of cool. course well, not. I, I, like, I don't. I don't even know how the trick works. I would like well, to know. Which is weird because we get those like picture glimpses of it. Are those even like 
accurate, or are those just like set directions those, for the movie? Just the pictures. They are accurate. Oh, okay. They are accurate. Oh, cool. But um, yeah. When Paul Giamatti gets gets the book, I'm like, oh god, I would give anything to have that book. <laughs> um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Keith has like a crazy magic book collection. Oh yeah. Like it doesn't compare to others, but mine's is okay. I'm almost like scared to see it in real life. Like I'm, when we move in together, I'm gonna be like, oh. 125 books. Oh, you counted? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. Every time. <laughs> and I'm, like, the more of a reader than you are. And yet you have 125 magic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, also, it's hard. I, oh, now I just want to bitch about it. Because I can't, like, give you a magic book for a present because you have no, so many. you can't. Yeah, you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least I can give you cards. Deck of cards. Oh, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, hi guys, we're doing a podcast. Um, okay, so moving on to best dress. I only have one nomination because I feel like there's only one person who really like looks fabulous in this movie, and it's Sophie Jessica Biel. Oh, okay. Let me say. Let me guess. You were gonna say the crown prince. No, you were God no. Say the inspector. No, Joseph. Um, um, his manager. Oh, I don't he's, really remember his. He's he's. So much. I, I I paid his, I paid attention very well to his blazers and how he dresses himself, especially with his like his um handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. Like I just love that detail. Um, his but it's like the way he like, he's like sitting at the cafe waiting for Eisenheim to come in. It's like yo, he is fly as fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I okay. So we'll both of them. It's a tie. Okay. I want to wear Sophie's outfits. You want to wear the manager's. It works out. <laughs> We're fly-ass couple. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, now we move into best quote, which uh, we'll go back and forth with these. Do you want to start us off, or do you want me to? Um. Okay, I don't know if you would consider this a quote, but it's the patter that when Eisenheim comes out and his manager brings him out. Oh, yeah, yeah, the whole speech. Um, you said it, like, at the... I think you said it bef- when we watched it last. You said it, like, before it happened. You were like Reggie. Oh yeah. Like quoted it before it happened. You were so excited. Oh, it's so cute. (laughs) Can I say it? Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh shit! I'm blanking. You got this. Life and death. Space and time. Fate and chance. These are the forces of the universe. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you a man who has unlocked these mysteries. From the furthest corners of the world where the dark arts still hold sway, he returns to us to demonstrate how nature's laws may be bent. I give you Eisenheim. That is the best quote ever in the movie. If I was like a professional magician, I would love to be brought out that way. I, tr- I, I tried really hard. I tried really fucking hard. I practice every fucking day. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> Thank you. That was good, though. It is a great quote. Like it is. that. I wish the rest of the movie was written that well. <laughs> For real. If the rest of the movie was that epic, I think this movie would be so much more popular than this. Definitely. But they definitely gave up. At the, the director definitely like gave up at some point throughout the process. Or maybe the producers got too involved. The producers who produced this also produced Crash. So, oh. yeah. So that gives you a little bit of perspective on whether they're good at their jobs or not. I don't think that they read the book enough. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they did, but they altered a lot. But that's always what happens with movies. 
movies. Like, they tend to always take way too many artistic liberties. Um, yeah. And they just, they fuck it up. This is why I have this podcast, to, to tell them <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> I haven't read the short story yet, but I'm assuming they fucked up. Um, is that the only quote that you have, or do you have um, others? I have others. Uh, there's another one. Uh, Gaze directly into my eyes. Look nowhere else. That's when, like, Sophie first comes on stage to... Yeah. to, to yeah. Of course you like that. You love the, you love the drama of it. <laughs> and then another one I have is um when um when a crown prince is like when a crown the crown prince is waiting for Eisenheim to come after the show, mm-hmm. and they're like getting ready to leave, and Eisenheim um says, "Perhaps I'll make you disappear." As to, like remember what their childhood was like. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Just like I remember you, so now you'll remember me. Which is, of course, so, like, Akodako that she doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, she kind of, like, I feel like maybe she has an idea. But, I like, think she has an idea. Like, once she said, like, once he said it and she was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I think she just doesn't want to be that hopeful. Yeah. That, like, they would be reunited since she hasn't seen him in 15 years. Yeah. Um, for quotes, that is it for me. Okay, cool. I have a few. Um, probably the most depressing quote in this movie is when she's begging him to, like, make us disappear when they're children oh yeah like, make us disappear make us disappear oh god that's like <laughs> bring on the bring on the tears very early on in the movie yeah. <laughs> it's so depressing um i think this is this is the manager that says this when they are eating at the restaurant and he goes strudel i have two. Oh yeah <laughs> i love that part and i'm just like oh I want strudel. <laughs> also it's just really cute that he's missing strudel um i also have i know this is when um <laughs> so um uh Eisenheim has just done the ball trick with Paul Giamatti and trying like oh. being able to just see where the ball is and he's like uh and he's like oh how did you guess that you know mm-hmm. and he's like the blood drains from your hands when you lift it up to your head mm-hmm. and uh and the guy and Paul Giamatti just goes blood drains <laughs> <laughs> and he's so happy and excited when he finds out yeah and he's like I'm gonna have to use that <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And the manager just goes, "They must have waited nearly five minutes for you." <laughs> that is so bad. Oh my god, I could just see a Broadway stage manager doing that now. If like a celebrity came to a Broadway show mm-hmm. and like the actors were taking too long to go meet them, like that's totally. Well, that's if you waited bad. five minutes, you must have been really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this. Is probably my favorite quote in the movie because even though it's from like the least likable character, I just think it's a great. I wish the movie was this well-written, like, throughout. Mm-hmm. When, um, the Crown Prince is, uh, doing... He, like, keeps fucking with Eisenheim's demonstration at the palace. And uh. everybody's getting mad at him for, like, ruining it. And the Crown Prince just goes, He tries to trick you. I try to enlighten you. Which is the more noble pursuit? <laughs> and I just really like that line, because I feel like that is the, uh, the thesis of the movie. Okay. Of, like, do you... Like, what... What is... What constitutes enlightenment okay like is enlightenment the joy that you feel from watching a magic show and being transported to a world that is beyond our imagination or is enlightenment the truth like trying to find out who killed sophie and um uh the ghost scenario in this you know where he's bringing back the ghosts and and the inspector trying to find out the truth behind the tricks like what is true enlightenment in this world 
You're breaking it down. I'm trying to give this movie a little bit more meaning no, than I think I, they I, I respect it. I respect <laughs> they it. <laughs> they actually decided for themselves. Um, in that same sequence as well at the palace, I also love when the crown prince goes, not so eager, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to pull out the caliber sword. It's fucking funny. Um, oh, and that's it. Those are my quotes. Uh, now we move into our last superlative, best all around, which I wrote... Um, two options, one, like, kind of, like, honorable mention, and then my personal favorite. Um, so, honorable mention for me is Eisenheim, because, obviously, he, like, helps rescue his girl from this awful relationship, and he does cool magic, and then he also, like, gives the book to the inspector, which is great, and they live happily ever after. Woohoo! Um, and then the person I want to give it to is Sophie, because this poor girl is a manic pixie dream girl throughout this entire movie, hmm. and barely gets, like, 50 words in the entire picture you know like, what that's no very substance true. and but she looks beautiful the whole goddamn time which is like 90 percent of the point so jessica beale thank you for trying your best <laughs> with what they gave you which was literally nothing to work with and i just want to give it to her i want to give it to jessica beale <laughs> okay okay cool what about you did you I, have any nominations I, I gave it to eisenheim you know yeah. just you know it's Obviously, the movie's about him, but it's just, like, he worked so hard to, yeah. you know, after, like, running away from his family and whatnot, like, being in, like, the, um, what you want to call it? Just, like, where he was before he ran away, just, mm-hmm. like, making a life for himself, like, finding his love again, just, like, making way for that to happen his way. Like, yeah, I'm giving it to him. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I see. Um, all right, curveball. Did you have a crush on any of these people when you were a kid? Um, Sophie when she was a girl. Yep. Oh, when... Yeah, when she was the younger. Really? Not yeah. Just, not Jessica Biel. I mean, Jessica Biel, like, now, yeah, but, like, when I was a kid watching this, like, younger, like, yeah, it was, uh, Sophie as, as a kid. She's really cute. Yeah. Like, that, that little girl's adorable. Um, yeah, I, I would probably fail miserably trying to perform a trick for her. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's wait, not it. Wait, oh my god. Okay, guys, so our... It was our third date, I think. It was our third date. It was our third on date. Ke- on our third date. Oh, Keith you're about to I... mess it up for me, huh? <laughs> no, I just think it's a cute story. So on our third date, Keith, uh, we hung out for a while, like, doing multiple things, and then we went to a restaurant for dinner. And at the dinner table, we'd finished eating. It's probably, like, just past midnight or something. And all of a sudden, Keith was like, hey, can I do, like, a magic trick <laughs> for you? And for, like, 30 minutes, he did a personal like sleight of hand magic show for me at our table you're very welcome <laughs> he messed up every trick wow. <laughs> wow. it was really cute though because his hands were shaking and you could tell that he was trying so hard to impress me and i just thought it was so sweet that he was trying so hard and like every time he messed up he was like i'm gonna start over and like oh man he like got Eventually, he, like, started to, like, calm down once he started getting them right and, like, really got into his element. And, like, by the time he finished, he was, like, his cool magician self, which is, like, super smooth and very sexy. But the whole time, I was just like, aww, he likes me so much. <laughs> I still got the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. So, for those of you kids sitting at home listening to this, I hope there are no Magic works. Magic works. Magic works. You can even fuck up the trick. Just... <laughs> Cute. That I told cute. that story to like everybody I know. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> oh 
Okay, um, for me, watching this, like, as an adult, Jessica Biel is like, are you kidding? Like, she's I could see that. Gorgeous I could see that. Like, what? She is, though. She really is, though. She's so beautiful, though. She's just, like, that ethereal beauty mm. that is, like, effervescent. Like, oh, girl. <laughs> love ya. Okay, I have some notes. Here we go. I have some notes. Uh, I wrote six pages for this movie, which Holy I think shit. is surprisingly oh, well, yeah. a lot. Like, I did not expect to write that many. Um, I wrote about the same. Six to seven. Oh, okay, cool. Um, do you want to read all of your I have some notes first or me? You could go. Okay, here we go. Um, I already, a few of these I've already mentioned, so whatever ones I've already mentioned, I'm just going to skip over. Um, oh, I've already mentioned a few of them. Okay, I love hearing Keith laugh during this movie. Like, anytime a joke happens and his, like... <laughs> His giggle is just so nice. Like, <laughs> he's just so sweet, guys. I love him. Okay. Um, I love, so the tree joke that happens in the beginning of the movie, when, like, supposedly the magician disappears, and then some stories say the tree, the magician and the tree disappeared. That's a spicy hot take for me. I do, I really dislike that scene. Really? I, I do. I think, well, what's funny about it is, one, it doesn't really fit into the movie It whatsoever. doesn't. It doesn't. And two, but I find it to be a very Wes Anderson kind of joke, like oh. Grand Budapest Hotel, okay. Royal Tenenbaums, that kind of thing. It's It feels like a very Wes Anderson joke. Okay. So I feel like maybe they were trying to go for a little bit of that element, because I feel like yeah. Wes Anderson was like huge back then, with a few big hits. Um, and yeah, it doesn't make sense in the movie, we'll talk about that, but like, yeah, I I find that um, funny, and it's very Wes Anderson. Um I'm surprised people aren't scared of Eisenheim. Like, with all of the crazy tricks he can do, I feel like most stories about magic is people being afraid of magic mm-hmm. and, like, people being like, it worships the devil, you know? Um, and in this movie, surprisingly, everybody's, like, totally on his side, especially even when the ghosts start to appear. Yeah. Which, for me, is crazy, because I feel like in most other stories, which, I mean, maybe that's what makes this movie unique, is that they go with the other direction, that they actually support him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in most stories... It would actually be everybody like, being like, oh, he's he, conjuring the devil. Yeah, he'd be called a witch. He'd be called a witch if it was in, in any, other di- any other direction. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next one is Paul Giamatti's character in this, the inspector, is the original fanboy. Uh, he invented it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I find very sweet. Um, okay, so you know how like somebody, there, there's a random person that got charged for Sophie's murder? Who's the poor schmuck? Who oh, got yeah charged with that like they don't even say who the poor person was but like we kind of need to know like who, who that's so true i didn't even like, think about that poor guy um i forgot so the movie uses this device it's probably in the short story and then they just carried it over to the movie the movie uses the device where they jump to the ending paul giamatti shows up at the crown prince's chambers to explain all of this information he's garnered about Eisenheim, and then they go back to the past, and then they tell the story as if it's already happened. Um, I forget that that is how the story is told. So then, when all of a sudden it jumps back to Paul oh. telling the story of how these things have progressed, and it like catches up to itself in time, basically, it's just weird. Like they they should have removed that if that's in the story, the short story. They should have removed that device for the movie. It should have been like a voiceover or some shit. May well. Most of it is a voiceover. I, mean, yeah. I just feel like they could have just started with Eisenheim and Sophie as children and mm. used that time to develop their relationship a little bit more so we could see why they fall in love and then go to the future, you know, 15 years later. Instead of this, like, weird, like, 
we're gonna make you question like what's going on why mm -hmm. is the theater so upset like they try to set up the suspense that then you forget halfway through the movie even happened sure. and then by the time it's back to the moment you're just like oh oh yeah that happened mm -hmm. and it just doesn't pack a punch anymore so uh yeah i don't know why they did that and that's just something that's easy to forget and lame um <laughs> i wrote when have the police ever been intimidated by protesters <laughs> that scene where the inspector's like, oh no, they surround the building. They're calling for Eisenheim. I'm like, police don't give a shit what protesters want. Clearly, we've all seen that for the last how many years. Um, okay, so you know when Eisenheim first starts doing the ghost trick and like bringing people back from the dead and everybody's sitting in the audience and like clearly it's a strain on him physically to be able to do it or at least that's what he <laughs> makes everybody believe it's strenuous to do. How much are those tickets for, like, five minutes of material? Uh, yeah. You were like, thinking the same thing? I was. I was like, wow, you paid how much money to sit here in this man in silence to just watch his veins pop out of his forehead? Exactly. Like, it's cool to see, like, the ghost, but I'm also like, how long do they have to sit there waiting? It's, like, so... Such and a in the book, it doesn't. he doesn't produce, like, spirits. He produces, like, objects. Like, the materialistic objects not like spirits or anything like that oh, at least from what i can remember yeah it like very okay. dramatic yeah huh. okay um okay how did the inspector figure out everything at the end of the movie all of a sudden he gets like that journal with like i think the the explanation of the necklace and the orange tree and all of a sudden he starts having this flashback about putting together all the pieces about like how that guy pretended to be the coroner and then she was actually pretending to be dead in the water and then they ran off and like she hid and then they 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 they, 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 they she died or pretended to die and like she came back to life or something and the doctor yeah. lied or some shit like that. Yeah, and he just like all of a sudden puts that together. It takes way too long too for him. Yeah. To, like we watched that sequence for like what two minutes or something watching him like make all these discoveries, <laughs> and I'm just like, how did he? He has no information to know all of that. Mm -hmm. Like he couldn't. What? How? He? There's no way he would have figured it out. The movie is just like very. Neatly being like, oh, he's so happy for them. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> and then my last, I have some notes, is um, they don't explain the ghost trick. And it kind of bothers me, because we, we get a little bit of a glimpse of the orange tree. We figure out the ball trick, you know? And, and we have the necklace. And then they don't explain how they did the ghost trick. And I'm like, things come in threes, you know? If they revealed the ball trick if they that's reveal one kind of the orange trick that's two they should reveal the ghost trick it's literally half of the movie is this fucking trick and they don't give a single hint as to how he does it and i think that's such a letdown they gave you like they gave you like a watered down version of like smokes and screens and stuff like no, that they don't show anything they did they don't when when one one of the officers was like giving them a, a um giving um Paul Giamatti uh, demonstration of how it could work. But that's, but no, but that's not realistic. You see that it, like, looks fake. That's not, that's not how he did it. That's okay. not enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I think it's lame. And at the end of the movie, I'm just like, I was supposed, all I really want to care about, this movie has too many genres. All I really want to care about is the magic of this movie, and then at the end of the movie, it's like a rom-com. And I'm just like, what? I don't even believe that they're a good couple. Like, why? Oh. Like, I just don't get enough information about why they're in love. Well, other yeah. Other than it's convenient. <laughs> that's that's part of my notes, she, too. Like, other than, like, Billy Joel's Uptown Girl. Like, <laughs> there's no information on why they like each other other than 
you're from the other side of the tracks. <laughs> like, that's not enough. I've read too many smut novels to take that wow. at face value. <laughs> I've watched Bridgerton three times. I need more information. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I agree. I, have some notes. I agree. No, just like it's just like you said, like um, fifteen years later, like what the fuck happened between then and now? You know, like you 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 made this name for yourself, and then like all of a sudden you see Sophie come back into your life. It's like, well, I want a little bit more. It's just like you said, a little bit more history. Like, how did you guys fall in love? Like, yeah. Yeah, of course, a magic trick and stuff, but it's, it needs to be a little bit more. You know, there was no backstory. There was no like dates or anything like that. And another thing, like Sophie is like. Obviously, yeah, she's been like tied down to the crown prince, but like you haven't spotted anybody else to fall in love with, like all these all these years. Like her, see, I would have liked glimpses of her, both of them growing up and like thinking about each other, like him maybe with a picture yeah. of her, and then her looking at the necklace. And she still had the fucking necklace. Yeah, like I wanted a little bit more connection to know that like they were hanging, like holding out for a hero till the end of the necklace. Or like writing like, letters to each other more. or some shit. Like yeah. Yeah, something. Okay, um, what are your eyes and notes? Uh, that was one of them. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, when she, when um when she like pretends to kill herself. I don't know if you consider this a spicy hot take, or um, but yeah, when she like pretends to kill herself and like she's like getting away from the mansion on a horse mm-hmm. and the security guard just like watching her ride by. It's just like you failed at your job. Like you should have like stopped the fucking horse to like pull her off. Well, I mean, he doesn't really know what happened. You're talking about the one who's watching from the window. No, he, like, at the gate. Oh, well, he doesn't really know what happened. And then this probably happens a lot where she gets beat up by him, rides off, and then has to stay at home for, like, a week till her bruises are gone. And well, then... he sucks. I, I, I would have stopped. Like, nah, this is not cool, buddy. Well, and that's part of the storyline, is that, like, all the people who work for the Crown Prince suck. Even the well, inspector is, yeah. like, pretty dubious until he decides at the last second to be like, oh, you're doing something wrong, and I'm going to stop you because I have the evidence. And it's just like, you motherfucker. Like, it took you so goddamn long to be on the right side of this shit because you cared more about power than people. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, notes. Um, another one is uh, when um, Eisenheim is doing the mirror trick, the devil's mirror trick, and, like, she, like, passes out I'm just like, what if you didn't catch her? Like, you have really great reflexes, because I, I would have not seen that coming. Like, her passing out, seeing a ghost, and just like... Which makes me confused, because I'm just like, was she being exaggerated? Was she genuinely, like, scared? She seems like a stronger... Manic Pixie Dream Girl, man. She seems <laughs> way stronger than, like, to, like, faint watching. Yeah, she her. got her pretty like, fast after, like, she landed in his she, arms. Yeah, literally. Like, she didn't even really, like, pass it. Like, it's so lame. It's just this movie being like... Isn't this romantic? And I'm like, no! <laughs> it's not! Shut the fuck up. Okay. I wanted to know if she really got smacked when um, when they were arguing at the mansion. Oh, yeah, she definitely did. Because I, I felt that. I was like, oh, her face is really red. It's a, I, I, it's a good I, I felt that. It's a good that. Um, special effect. It really. Clearly, they add on the blush onto her face, and mm-hmm. it looks really good. It looks realistic as fuck. Yeah, that's. That was a that was a good special effect. Um. Never turn your back on a man with a gun. Also, um, shooting with a thick jacket, just like when um the crown prince is like shooting like the frisbees, I think. Oh, oh no, no, no! I think it's the birds or something. The birds, yeah. yeah and Paul yeah. Giamatti goes to meet up with him to like tell him like I've been spying on you know. Yeah. I'm just like. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, please don't ever turn your back again. That was mm-hmm. very fucking scary for me. 
And plus, he was angry, too, so he could have just shot him easily. Yeah, which, again, like, I'm surprised he doesn't, but I guess he probably, he probably liked the inspector because he was such an easy, like, yeah person to, to order around. I think that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me. Okay, cool. Um, yay, I have some notes. Done. Okay, now we move on to spicy hot takes. Spicy hot takes. That's a spicy hot take. That's spicy. And... Do you wanna? Do you want me? We'll go back and forth. Do you want me to do my first one and then you and? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my first one is, <laughs> it's kind of like a joke, but like, can you imagine people coming to the defense of a performer nowadays? Like you know, at the beginning of the movie, when everybody's like, "Hey, you got arrested! What are you doing?" Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, can you imagine like a Broadway theater doing that to one of the performers, like That's getting arrested mid show? I feel like most people would be like, "Ooh, what did he do?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Like, why why did they want the him so bad? Just like, ooh, this is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes me laugh because I'm like, wow, it's just hard to imagine. Definitely. People being so so supportive of a theater artist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 uh, go ahead. What's your What's your first one? Um, when um, Paul Giamatti like is like starting to put all the clues together, <laughs> and he like finds the picture that falls out of the locket and the little little diamond that falls out of the sword i think two of them i'm just like there's no fucking way you would have found that in a haystack mm-hmm. there's no fucking way that's what's that is what is hilarious about that whole he, thing. he's a good detective i give him that but it's like i would have not found that he found it within like five seconds that's what's hilarious if we had seen like a sequence of him searching that stall for like an hour yeah that would have been way more realistic then, like, within five seconds, he's like, oh, look, Ruby. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what's my next one? Um, okay. Oh, this was the one that, uh, when we were when we were um, highlighting our notes earlier, this was one of the ones I kind of laughed. Oh, the, this was the one that I went, oh, <laughs> that I didn't remember I wrote. Um, I think going to magic shows isn't as fun anymore. And that's why they're so expensive. Ooh. Yeah. Because you and I have talked about this, like, why magic shows are so expensive nowadays. Like, literally, Keith, there's a magic show he wants to go to at some point in New York, and literally the tickets are, like, what, $300 each? Well, no, I, I think I over-exaggerated. It's, like, 150 each. Oh, that's not, okay. I thought it was it, way worse. Than, 150 my bad. Like a Broadway show. It, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to say this because... I've been to a few, and it, I, I guess it depends on who you go to, who you go to How go see. They are. Yeah. yeah, like if it was David Blaine, like his shows are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan White, which is the guy that I wanted to go um tell you, like he's fucking cool too. Like yeah. his shows are expensive, but like it's it's mind blowing. Like, he sends you a fucking kit to like follow along the mystery and shit like that. That's so cool. Yeah, like, like it's it's fun. it's like interactive and shit like that. Okay. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I feel like in today's society with like the amount of like like internet knowledge and and phones and all this kind of stuff, I feel like magic shows it's just like art. it's not the same I, anymore. Yeah, I feel like they're just not as fun anymore. I feel like people care too much about knowing how the, the trick. trick is done. Yeah. Yeah, instead of just like enjoying it, you know. Just let loose, guys. Yeah, like enjoy the show. Be a kid again. And what's funny is I think part of the reason that the tickets are so expensive is they're trying to get rid of the people who would question the jokes or would like heckle oh. the show, you know i feel like the more expensive the ticket the more likely a heckler won't pay just to talk shit about it you okay know? i didn't think about that yeah okay i feel like that must be why it's like hard to get tickets for a magic show or Keep why like audiences are smaller now for them yeah, yeah. okay cool 
Um, that was just like a fun little thought I had. What's your next one? Uh, for me, the movie was a bit long. Mm-hmm. It was too I long for me. It multiple was multiple notes in this about yeah. how this movie is like. One, 20 minutes too long. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> is that exactly what you wrote? <laughs> Close, like 25 to 30 minutes too long. Yeah, I wrote about 20 minutes too long. Plus, I actually think it would have been a better miniseries than a movie. Hmm, I like how this... um, Houdini was. Yeah, exactly. I think this would have been a better like three-part miniseries. I actually would have enjoyed that a lot because more if it was. They could have gone into the history of the time period and yeah. the war that they're trying to play A little more detailed, like, yeah. Uh, they could have gone way more into his relationship with Sophie and really developed their chemistry more um, and more, like, secret meetings and things. We could have even gotten more about the Inspector storyline and a little bit more background on him and, like, why he wants the power that he wants. And, yeah. Like, is it, he really a good guy? Like, we could have gotten this more anti-hero-ness from him that would have been way more interesting. There's so many things they could have explored. They could have done way more magic tricks. What I think this movie needs actually yeah. is more magic. I feel like we only get, like, three tricks in the entire movie. And it's supposedly this illusionist, this magician, and, like, we only get three magic tricks? Like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Versus, like, if we'd gotten the full miniseries, it would have been so much better. Um, I agree. Yeah, those are my major arguments uh, against the timing of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> this movie, like, slows to a fucking crawl. They also kill her off way too early. Yeah. They literally kill her off, I think, before the halfway point of the movie. Yeah, they, they did. hilarious, because I'm just like... The whole movie is supposed to be about their relationship, and we don't even get material from her until the last five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's such a fucking waste. <laughs> like, it is. What? Yeah. Manifesting dream girl. Okay. <laughs> um, that, yeah, I agree with your spicy hot take. It's too long. Um, okay, the kids that he gives that money to... Which one that scene is like so that awkward trick where made, he's like that trick made me cringe so fucking hard. Yeah, when he was like, "Do you think you're poor?" I was like, "Oh, this is like horrible. Who wrote this? <laughs> like, it's so bad." And then also, I just wrote as my spicy hot take. I was like, "Those kids are gonna get robbed for sure on their way home." Like, yeah. so epically robbed. I'm surprised it doesn't happen on screen when he walks away. That is like the you know those videos on YouTube about like how blah 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 should have ended. Oh. That, if they made one of the illusionists, that's how the movie would have like ended. Like a deleted it's scene. It's just watching him like walk five feet away and then you hear around him just getting beat up by like a bunch of older adults and he just w- goes around the corner, looks in horror, like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> What's your next one? Um. Also, like when they like make love and like her hair is like still intact, like still neat. Oh, yeah. I, I know it's like little my it's like very small details. Like, man, you didn't do anything. <laughs> well, it's all that, that whole sex scene just sucks. It's like so. <laughs> it's just like ooh a back, ooh a hand, ooh Bye. a gas. It's just like <laughs> oh god, they, it was really not necessary. It wasn't. Like they didn't need it. Honestly, it actually probably would have helped their relationship if they didn't have that. Yeah. Because I feel like I would have maybe like liked them a little bit more if I thought like it was deeper than just sex. Mm-hmm. But like the only moment of like true connection we get kind of is their sex scene and i'm just like well that's lame like do am i really supposed to think they're like made for each other that they're meant for each other hmm. i don't really i don't think so i i kind of felt like they, they kind of like connected when they met on stage again i i agree with that but also like she doesn't know his hip yeah that's true <laughs> okay never mind the connections between the two <laughs> um this is kind 
of this is another spicy hot take that kind of supports my mini-series idea. Um, we need a little bit more of a history lesson, I feel like, for this movie to yeah. better understand what the crown prince wants and, like, what he's after. Yeah. Because that is kind of confusing. Because I'm just like, wait, she's supposed to help him because her family is related to a power... Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't like... even know what time period this takes place in. And I'm not... I kind of forget what country this takes place in. So it's just, like, weird. Um, what next? Oh, Oh, okay, so I've only watched this twice. Keith has watched this a million times. But <laughs> on a second watch of this movie, it's so obvious that they're doing that whole thing on purpose. Like, getting caught by the police. So that oh, they yeah. Followed, and her going to the, the, to the palace. Like, it's so obvious that all of that is on purpose for some greater... Oh, so you knew that, like, before it was revealed that it was, like, that it was done on purpose. Not the first time we watched it. Okay. But once you watch it one time, this, like... The, the magic of it is completely gone. Okay. Because then after you watch it again, like, it's so obvious that they're going to do that. <laughs> I kind of like movies where, like, you have no idea it's coming, and then you, like, are explained, like, the details later. I, 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 I felt that way when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But then it's, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's just like you said. Yeah, it's like the magic is gone. It's like somebody, um, I listened to a podcast once that talked about one of my, my favorite movie right now, for the for those of you listening, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. I love that movie. It's my favorite one right now. And uh, there's a sequence in it where uh, Brad Pitt's character goes to the uh, like Manson residence where they're like all camping out basically at Spawn Movie Ranch, which was like the real place where they all like had their cult. And the first time you watch it, you are scared shitless for him. Like, he's going to get killed in any second by the Manson clan. Like, mm-hmm. it is creepy AF. And this podcast talked about how each time you watch it, it just gets less and less suspenseful. Because you know he's going to make it out. Okay. And it just, like, makes me sad. Because I'm like, I kind of get where they're coming from. But also, like, I still love that sequence. But it is true. Like, it does get less suspenseful. Yeah. It's just sad when movies have stuff like that. It's why movies like Jaws and, like, Psycho are so eternal. Because no matter how many times you watch that, it's still (laughs) scary as fuck when you get to those scenes. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Um, okay, what else? Oh, I have one more, and it is This Movie Slows to a Crawl, which I already explained. <laughs> that what? This Movie Slows to a Crawl. Oh. It's just like, it gets way, way too um, self-absorbed, as I like to call it, when movies get self- too self-indulgent. Okay. It gets way too self-indulgent and didn't need to be that long. Um, I blame the producers. Okay, so those are my spicy hot takes. And that's it. Now we move on to the ironic question, ironic question of the podcast. Should this be remade? And I say if if ever they were going to maybe another story from that book that you mentioned. Yes, I, that's, that's, that's all that I can say, really. I actually think this would be a really cool mini-series to do, like, each short story as a mini-episode mm-hmm. in a series would be really cool. I think that we need... I want more magic material. Yeah. I want more... I want more anything with magic in it. I think it's great. I mean, like, and, like, uh, sleight of hand, like, magic, not, like, Harry Potter magic, I mean. Yeah. Like, I think. Believable sleight of hand magic. Yeah. Like, the, the, the that, stuff that, that would be really cool. Would be really cool. That would be like, really cool. And, like, to have, cool. like, an entire miniseries, like, each episode dedicated to, like, one of the short stories, I think mm-hmm. would be really cool. So just, like, more magic things. Not necessarily the story, but just, like, more magic things, I think, is always, is always a fun time. Yeah. I agree. I'm I'm gonna piggyback that that answer too. Just like I I would not rate this like remake this movie. Yeah, I, w- I will leave it alone. Like it's if it's too... a miniseries or like a continuation from like the Barnum Museum, 
thing going on, like, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> and it's only from 2006, so it's not even, like, that old. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, we're fine. Like, it's... <laughs> we're good. It's fine. Uh, well, I think that's everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, another shorty but goody episode. Yeah. This was fun. Thanks, Faith, for joining me on the podcast again. Anytime. Did I trash your birthday movie? No, not at all. Okay, good. You still like it? I fucking love them. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's going to be so mad. He's going to text me after listening to this and just be like, why did you, why were you so mean about Wizard of Oz? <laughs> like, you're, you're so nice about Keith movie. <laughs> not there. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. That is not what Jacob sounds like. I just realized I sound like Jacob. <laughs> he's going to definitely, definitely text you now. <laughs> Thank you, love, for coming on. I really appreciate it. I love you. I love you, too. (laughs) And thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I know all of you probably gagged multiple times that I was being annoyed. It's fine. Like, ew, get a room. Yeah, seriously. Um, We are in a room. room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. We're the worst. Oh, my God. What is wrong with us? Now, that's magic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um... Please click that subscribe button to listen to more podcasts. Please hit the subscribe. Please, I want more. I want to try to get advertisers for the show, and it really helps if I have lots of subscribers. So please click the button. Just just press it. Just press press it. Press it. <laughs> That's it. And then if you really like the show, read and review it because I love to read your kind words and feedback. It's very fun. I do it when I'm sad. <laughs> Literally, I I do reread them when I'm sad. Um, and please follow us on Instagram at please don't remake this. Sometimes I post some fun stuff on there and, uh, some like sticker contests and things like that every now and then. So yeah, follow us on Instagram and that's it. Tune in next week for the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello again. So, fun story. While I was trying to record the intro for this specific episode, Keith walked in because I did not give him proper warning that I was recording. So please enjoy this about 10 second, 20 second clip of me being interrupted by Keith and laughing my ass off. Thanks. Bye. Hi everyone. It's Lauren Mosher, back for more episodes of Please Don't Remake This. Thank you all for being so patient, waiting for the new episodes. I really appreciate it. Huge life changes happened, and I needed just a little bit more time to get my shit together. So, here we are. (laughs) And Keith makes an entrance into recording.